Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, back to this special edition of the Week 14 Recap on NFL Study Hall. I'm Katie Chelmsland, and what a wild week it was, ladies and gentlemen. Playoff picture getting whacked up. A lot of teams went down that I didn't think they would. I went 10-4 this week once again, so I'm proud of the record. We are going back in the right direction. But let's dive straight into the Sunday slate of games with the Seattle Seahawks and Houston Texans. Seattle finally getting a big win on the offensive side of the ball. Russell Wilson with two touchdowns. Tyler Lockett with a big game, 142 yards and a touchdown. But Rashad Penny, guys, 16 carries, 137 yards and two touchdowns, taking advantage of the very weak Houston Texans run defense. Um, I was particularly impressed with how Davis Mills played. Um, he'll, he Considering he threw it 49 times for a rookie, no interceptions, 331 yards, a touchdown. He started his first 12 passes, all straight completions. So really liked it there. Obviously, our rush game is nothing right now. But uh, nevertheless, great game from these Seattle Seahawks. I still think they're out of the playoffs sitting at 5-8, and eight, but a great moral victory, Aaron. Now the big question is, does Russell Wilson stay in Seattle? Man, and I really think he wants to. He's talked about contract extensions and yada, 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 even though it might not be the best circumstances for him. I mean, he's won a Super Bowl there. He's been to two Super Bowls there. He's been in the MVP conversation virtually every season of his career. He and Pete Carroll, I believe, have a great relationship. Um, obviously, I'm not in the organization, so I don't know. But I would be surprised to see Russell Wilson leave Seattle with the family he's got there with the relationships he's made there. I mean, he's been there his whole career. You don't really see that from a lot of great quarterbacks anymore. They usually jump around. Um, but he's one of the guys who has stuck where he's at, and I hope he stays there for sure. Moving on to a more interesting game, the Baltimore Ravens versus the Cleveland Browns. And it's kind of hard to dissect this game considering uh, Lamar Jackson went out with an ankle injury in the second quarter and did not return. Cleveland Browns able to take advantage of that. They went up to a 24-6 to point lead going into the half. But then Baltimore came storming back. Their defense did a lot. And the Cleveland Browns didn't score a single point in the second half. Baltimore Ravens ultimately came up short. And the Browns were able to get the victory 24-22. Uh, to But honestly, first half, Baker Mayfield looked solid. This defense looked fantastic. I would like to see... Nick Chubb um, do a little bit more. Obviously, had a less than par game with 17 carries and only 59 yards with zero touchdowns. So, obviously, the Browns want a little bit more out of him. But I think that will come. This offensive line, I still think, is fantastic. For the Baltimore Ravens, though, I mean, this defense has to understand that they need to step up now. They're 8-5. and five. They're still leading their division. Luckily, the Cincinnati Bengals took a loss. So, the Ravens are still fine where they're at. But you have a big game against Green Bay next week, and you have a few other divisional games the rest of this season. So this defense needs to step up, and they need to step up quicker, faster. Lamar Jackson needs to be better with the ball. He only had, I believe, 17 completion yards in that whole entire first quarter. Uh, Brett Hundley came in, or 
Huntley came in and did a fantastic job in the second quarter and second half trying to rally this team back. So I don't think it's any problems there. Lamar Jackson needs to be more consistent. Nick Chubb on the Cleveland Browns side needs to be more consistent. Otherwise, I think these two teams are set to make a run at the playoffs. I believe the Cleveland Browns are now... Nope, they're at the eighth spot. Okay, so it's there's five teams tied for the six and seven spots at seven and six in the AFC. Those are the Indianapolis Colts, Buffalo Bills, Cleveland Browns eight, Bengals nine, Broncos ten. So big, big push out right there. Uh, the Cleveland Browns now, with the rest of their schedule going, I did not see them winning that game. I also have them losing next week to the Raiders. But with the way the Raiders held themselves against Kansas City Chiefs, we'll get to them in a second, I'm not sure if that pick's going to be right either. Then you're at Cleveland, that will be a loss. At Pittsburgh, that'll be a win. Cincinnati at home, I have them losing. But with how Cincinnati's been playing, Cleveland might be able to get that dub as well. So Cleveland in a pretty good spot to sneak in here at that 7th spot. We'll see how it turns out. Moving on to the Jacksonville Jaguars, Tennessee Titans. Tennessee Titans did what they needed to do. They win 20 to nothing. Tannehill with a clean game. Dante Foreman uh, coming in the place of Derrick Henry. Had a pretty nice game. 13 carries, 47 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, overall, I mean, this is just a clean, normal game for both teams. I say normal considering uh, Trevor Lawrence threw four interceptions out of 40 pass attempts. He only made 24 completions. James Robinson with only six carries for four yards. A lot of people, I mean, I'm sure all of you have guys have heard the clip of uh, Urban Meyer talking about whoever made that uh, small leak will not be with the organization anymore. Uh, don't quote me on that. But everyone's asking, is the problem Urban Meyer's? Is the proper, proper uh, problem Trevor Lawrence? I think it's both. Obviously, Urban Meyer has struggled with this rookie quarterback and has struggled to use the rush game at all. And Trevor Lawrence has struggled being in the NFL. It's definitely a lot faster. He definitely does not have the same offensive line he had in Cleveland. He doesn't have the defense he had in Cleveland. And he hasn't really been able to handle it well. I say his mechanics are off. I still think they are. He's just like a Tim Tebow with his uh, arm angle. You all have heard me talk about that before. And he's making poor decisions. So I think it's both. I would love... I mean, I... You obviously got to keep Trevor Lawrence for one more season to see if he really is this, but I would not be surprised if he made this type of lack of production next season as well, even with a new head coach. Tennessee Titans now, number number two in the AFC, riding behind the New England Patriots. Uh, we'll see if either one of them falter, but they've got a win over Kansas City. So if they tie KC, they'll, they'll remain above the Chiefs in the playoff standings. Speaking of them, Chiefs, they put a route on the Las Vegas Raiders on Sunday, going up to 35-0 to zero point lead in the first half, and then ultimately winning 48-9. to nine. What I loved most about this game is Patrick Mahomes' clean game. 20 of 24, 258 yards, two touchdowns. The running game was also there as well. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire with two touchdowns. Derek Gore had that breakout touchdown. For 51 yards, he ultimately had 66 yards. So the rush game was there. Mahomes was playing a clean game. Mahomes was getting it to new guys. Josh Gordon had a touchdown. Also, he threw one to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. 
Oh, I'm sorry, Daryl Daryl Williams. Edward Solaire had two rushing touchdowns. Daryl Williams out of the backfield caught a touchdown. Josh Gordon with a one-yard touchdown. So Mahomes is spreading the ball around. They're utilizing players besides Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey, which was the ultimate backbone for them earlier in the year. And now they're adapting. And now this deep, this offense is just as dangerous as it was the last two years. Defense has stepped up a ton. Absolutely stuffed Josh Jacobs to nine carries, 24 yards. Got a massive pick off of uh, Derek Carr and had a fumble recovery touchdown on the very first play. So this defense is hot. This team has won six in a row. I can't see anybody besides the New England Patriots stopping this Kansas City Chiefs team right now. I don't think Tennessee could do it. Even with a Derek Henry, I don't see Kansas City Chiefs stopping this team. Patriots, I will say their secondary and their defense could handle Patrick Mahomes depending on what they what building they played into. I think it would be a lot different if it was in KC or in New England. So I'm interested in how that playoff matchup, if it ever occurs, will turn out. But I think the Chiefs are the hottest team in the NFL right now. In the whole NFL, I do have the Kansas City Chiefs as the hottest team, even though the Patriots are riding, I believe, a seven-game win streak Right now, they've got a tough game coming up against Indianapolis on Saturday. We'll get to that on Friday. But the KC Chiefs, with how dominant they have been on offense, I believe are the hottest team in the NFL. And four weeks away from playoffs, this is a dangerous place to be for the rest of the NFL. How about the New Orleans Saints taking down the New York Jets? A dominant victory over uh, New York. New Orleans going on the road, getting it done, keeping themselves alive in the playoff pictures. They are currently... In a tie for the sixth and seventh, or just the seventh spot in the NFC, there is again another five-way tie for that final spot. It's between Washington, Minnesota, Philadelphia, Atlanta, and New Orleans. New Orleans currently at the bottom of that list at six and seven, having lost to the Atlanta Falcons, having poorly played in their conference and their division. They are riding at the bottom of that pack, so they need to do something quick. Will they be able to? There is a chance, guys. I'm not going to eliminate the Saints completely. I do think it's going to take them. I originally had a 9-8 and eight playoff team going. The Saints could get there. You got the Bucks next week in Tampa. That's not happening. But then you're home to face the Dolphins, home to face the Panthers, and then you go back and play Atlanta again. That Atlanta game might mean a lot for very both team for both teams if either of them are not eliminated from the playoffs. So I'm not going to count both of them out, both the Falcons or the Saints, but it's going to be very, very tough road considering you got a hot Philadelphia team, a hot Minnesota team, and a good Washington team ahead of them. Breaking down this specific game, though, it all came down to Alvin Kamara. 27 carries, 120 yards, and a touchdown. He is the key to this team completely. This defense definitely stepped up against a weak Zach Wilson and a weak rushing attack from the New York Jets. Wilson, 19 of 42, guys, for only 202 yards. He also had four carries for 33 yards. I'm not exactly sure what's wrong in New York. I thought I loved Robert Sala as a head coach, but he has obviously not taken the position extremely well. Zach Wilson has really been struggling behind this offensive line, which we knew is weak, but you got to be above 50% of your completions no matter no matter what. I think the Jets need to just ride out this season, 
I would also write out next season, go get yourself a draft pick, maybe an offensive lineman, maybe a good running back, something to help out Wilson to see if he is really the man and the future of this Jets team. Give Salah another year. I think he can turn around this defense. I think he's a good leader. But after a second season, then maybe you would start considering. I think I think the situation is a little bit different than what you have in Jacksonville. Going to the Dallas Cowboys versus Washington football team. One game I was very disappointed about considering I was so high on the Washington train. Now the Dallas Cowboys really showed who's up. They finally came out with their defense. Uh, Micah Parsons coming out, getting that strip sack fumble for an Armstrong touchdown. Also, uh, Randy Gregory had that interception as well, all in the first half. So, I mean, a lot of stuff went down. In this game, but ultimately the Dallas Cowboys defense was able to stuff the Washington football team for most of this game. It wasn't until the second half that Washington actually scored points, and there were 20 of them in that game, although one came from a pick six late in the fourth quarter. So the offense really only allowed 14 points all game. And if they can keep that up, this Dallas team is going to be a big threat. And I would call this a less than average game for the Dallas Cowboys on the offensive side of the board. You hit Washington territory within the 25-yard line four different times in the first half, and you only got seven points. In You only got a touchdown one time. It was three field goals the other times. They got to be a little bit more efficient when they get down the field. Dak Prescott had two interceptions in this game, looked a little bit, um, rickety when he was pushed out of the pocket that Washington front was doing a decent job early in the game but ultimately fell apart Elliot uh, Ezekiel Elliott was without his partner Tony Pollard and that played a huge role Elliott only had 12 carries for 45 yards ultimately I think this Dallas Cowboys team proved that they are the best team in this division you've got both Washington and Philadelphia sitting at six and seven with four games left Dallas is at nine and four. So they have not only confirmed their division, I think they've confirmed that number four spot. I don't think there's any of the 10 and three teams in the NFC who are willing to come down to that nine and four, uh, that four loss spot and give Dallas a chance to get to the three or two spot in the NFC. For the Washington football team, their playoff chances definitely decrease considering you have to fly to Philadelphia and Dallas, their next two games. I expected them they win this one against Dallas, which would put them at 7-6, and six, and then lose the next two. If you lose the next two, you would fall to 6-9, and nine, and I ultimately don't think that keeps that 7th spot in the playoffs. So Washington is definitely going to have to do a lot these next two weeks. Moving on to the Atlanta Falcons and the Carolina Panthers. Falcons take the victory on the road 29-21. Clean game all around. Cordell Patterson with a nice game. Matt Ryan with a clean game. This defense stepped up against Cam Newton. Overall, a great football game. Cam Newton, though, here's where the problem comes in. No touchdowns, no touchdowns passing with an interception. 10 carries for 47 yards and a touchdown rushing. Here's, the, here's my issue. I don't think the Panthers nor Cam Newton are capable of a Lamar Jackson type quarterback. They are not structured for that. They have plenty of wide receiver capability. I think Chuba Hubbard, Chuba Hubbard is a fantastic um, running back. 
I think he should have gotten a lot more carries in this game considering Christian McCaffrey was out. You got to be able to pound the run somehow besides your quarterback in Carolina. They can restructure this team, but I don't think you should considering Cam Newton has shown he can't really throw the ball anymore either. I think this is Cam Newton's last season with Carolina Panthers considering this fantastic stack defense and you're only sitting at 5 and 8, 2 and 5 at home. Matt Rule is going to have to figure out something with his quarterback position. Maybe go get one in the draft, whichever one is available, or make a nice trade for someone different. But I do not like Cam Newton and the way he's been handling this team as of late. Atlanta Falcons now. They have put themselves back in my playoff picture at 6-7. and seven. Their road is a little bit more difficult than uh, the Saints. You have to travel to San Francisco to play the 49ers next week. That's going to be a tough one. I expect that to be a loss considering the streak the 49ers are on. Then you face the Detroit Lions. That's a victory. A weak Buffalo Bills, but that's in Buffalo. I'm assuming Buffalo will have figured things out by now, so I'll take that as a loss as well. And you go and play that pivotal game against the New Orleans Saints. So even if you do beat the Lions and the Saints, but then lose to the Bills and 49ers, that puts you at 8-9. and nine. And like I've said, I don't think... A losing record is going to put yourself in the playoff picture. I don't think the Falcons are going to make it, but I do like the streak they have been on. They've won two of their last three, and they maybe, just maybe, can pull something out late in the season. Let's go to the Denver Broncos, who took on the Detroit Lions on Sunday. A route of a victory, 38-10. to This is basically... I mean, I was surprised with how much Denver scored. Run, rush game was fantastic. Javante Williams with a touchdown. Melvin Gordon with two touchdowns. Actually, uh, Javante Williams also had a receiving touchdown. So the rush game was fantastic for Denver. Bridgewater with a clean game. Detroit unable to do anything against this uh, Denver secondary and Denver front. 38-10 to the victory. Not really surprised by anything here. Denver Broncos now sitting at 7-6 and six in that five-way tie. And the rest of their season is where the tough parts come in. Cincinnati, Las Vegas, Los Angeles Chargers, Kansas City Chiefs. They can definitely put up fights with all those teams with this secondary, but it's all going to come down into that rush game. I don't expect Teddy Bridgewater to throw a 40 uh, to throw 40 pass attempts and get a victory against any of these teams. So if they can get past if they are if they can get the run game going then this team could be dangerous but with the road games they have back to back on week 16 and 17 and then you go and play the Kansas City Chiefs on week 18 the problem is the Chiefs are actually fighting for a playoff spot or not for a playoff spot before a high seed in the playoffs so they're actually going to play that game it's going to be a long road for the Denver Broncos, and I do not see them making the playoffs. But I ain't going to rule anything out in this season, guys. How about those Los Angeles Chargers taking on the New York Giants on Sunday, winning 37-21? to Here's what the scariest thing for me was. You had Keenan Allen out. Mike Williams did not catch a touchdown. But Joshua Palmer did, Jalen Guyton did, and Jared Cook did. Well, there's three new names to the weaponry of Justin Herbert, plus Allen and Mike Williams. There's five guys Herbert can throw it to. Austin Eckler also had a rushing touchdown in this game. 
we have never seen a Los Angeles Chargers team with that many potential weapons on their team. Justin Herbert with a clean game of 23 of 31, 275, and three touchdowns. I am, if I'm anyone else in this league, I'd be scared with what I just saw from Los Angeles Chargers this past week, putting up 37 against the Giants. They allowed 21 and 14 in the fourth quarter. And that might have been because they were putting in backups. They were up 37 to 7. So I'm not necessarily too worried about their defense. Another one is that this was a victory at home, which the Los Angeles Chargers had struggled with this year, coming in at 3-3 three and three at home. But making a statement, they go to 8-5, and five, taking over the 5 seed in uh, the AFC playoff picture. And looking at the rest of their schedule, I believe they'll probably stay there. They take on the Chiefs on Thursday night football. I think that's a loss. But then you got Houston, Denver, Las Vegas. I think they'll take care of all of those last three games. That will put them at 11-6. and six, And I think that can get them that final spot or that fifth spot in the AFC. And it's going to be a toss-up who they play. Right now it's Baltimore. It could be Tennessee. It could be KC. It could be New England. I think all those four top teams are up in a bubble of where they're going to line up. But Los Angeles Chargers, huge game on Sunday. Another big game for the San Francisco 49ers. Now, this is another really surprisingly hot team late in this year. They took on the Cincinnati Bengals and won um, 26-23. to Clean game for the San Francisco 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo with 27 of 41, 296 and two touchdowns. The biggest thing for me, guys, the now the 49ers have won four out of their last five games. And for me, George Kittle is at the key of it all. In those last five games, he has had five touchdowns and 429 receiving yards. Kittle was injured and not a factor early in the year. He has become a factor, and the San Francisco 49ers have started winning. Garoppolo has played better. He is the starter of this team. They are now 7-6 and six at the 6th spot in the NFC playoff picture. This was a surprising victory for me over the Cincinnati Bengals. Although it took overtime, the San Francisco 49ers defense was dominant early in this game, throughout this game, until the Bengals put on an impressive 4th quarter comeback. Overall, it was the 49ers game from the beginning with. They should have won this game outright. Now looking at the rest of their schedule, Atlanta, Tennessee, Houston. I see three straight victories right there. And then at the LA Rams to finish things off. The problem is, depending on where the Rams are at seeding-wise, they might not have to play that last game, which means 49ers could get another victory against the LA Rams. If they don't, though, which... They probably won't, but having beat the Cincinnati Bengals and then three easy games coming up, I'm going to take the San Francisco 49ers going 10-7, and seven, and that will for sure get them a playoff spot, probably that sixth spot in the, AF, in the NFC playoff picture. A great, great year of a comeback for the 49ers. For the Bengals, I'm not too overly concerned. I am surprised they took, a, they took the L at home. I thought that would be more of an advantage, especially in the jungle of Cincinnati. But Burrow played a clean game. I think they were looking for a little bit more out of Joe Mixon, who had 18 carries for 58 yards. But 
few red zone attempts that they could have um, they could have capitalized on in this game. Uh, I'm not too concerned about where the Bengals are going though. Would love to see Jamar Chase be more of a factor. T. Higgins got a lot more touches in this game, but no concerns there. They'll make the playoffs. Buffalo Bills, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, huge heavyweight matchup. Another tale of two halves kind of game. You got the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers to go up 24 to three at half, but then the Buffalo Bills outscore the Buccaneers 24 to three in the second half. Goes into overtime. Buffalo punts. Tampa Bay takes a few plays. 64 or 58 yard pass to Brashad Perryman for the touchdown. Uh, I mean. What exactly happened to the Buffalo Bills in the first half happened to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the second half. Both defenses absolutely stuffing the rough in their respective halves. Quarterbacks weren't able to get really much going. Josh Allen, though, threw for 54 times, but also had 12 carries for 109 yards and touchdown. There is no running back in Buffalo that is willing to take the carries or that the coaches are willing to to let take the carries over Josh Allen. They only had, or if my stat is correct, Buffalo Bills did not rush a single other player besides Josh Allen in the entire first half. Devin Singletary had four carries for 52 yards, and uh, Matt Breida had three carries for 12 yards, but I believe that was all in the second half. Or maybe it was just... An extremely low number. But either way, Josh Allen was doing everything in this game for the Buffalo Bills. It wasn't working in the first half. It was working in the second half. But this, I think, shows that the Tampa Buccaneers... Oh, dude, I have been fighting with whether they are better than the Green Bay Packers for quite some time right now. Depending on where they play, depending on who's high, I think it could go either way. I'm... I bet against the GOAT so many times last year, and I got burned every single time. The Bucks are 6-0 at home. You got Green Bay who can play at Lambeau. I definitely think it matters where people play. I would probably take the Green Bay Packers if I were, if I were to say who's the best in the NFC. I would probably take the Green Bay Packers. They have just been rolling on all sides of the ball. Their defense has stepped up in an impressive way. We'll get to them in a second. But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I think, are right there. I would not be surprised if this is the two teams we see again in the NFC Championship unless someone can pull off an impressive comeback. But both these teams at home are going to be extremely tough to, to stop. We'll get to the NFC top of the playoff picture in just a second. But first, we do have to talk about those Chicago Bears and Green Bay Packers. That Sunday night football game. Bears coming out to an impressive 27 to 21 lead at halftime there were a total of 45 points scored in the second quarter alone they had everything we had interception we had pick sixes we had punt return touchdowns we had big plays we had small plays field goals you name it the second quarter had it but in the third quarter Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones decided to take over 17 points scored in the second quarter Add on another touchdown in the fourth quarter by Devontae Adams, and Green Bay was up to a 45-27 to lead. Aaron Rodgers can take whoever's on his team and take over a game. He had 29 of 37, 
341, four touchdowns at his home stadium. Don't mess with the bad man. It, it was it was kind of unbelievable to watch him just drive every single time down the field and and make something happen. For the Bears, I wouldn't call this a complete loss. I mean, Justin Fields had his moments of brilliance, especially in that first half. The rush game with David Montgomery definitely could have been more. Your defense obviously struggled against Aaron Rodgers. Probably shouldn't have made fun of the belt in the first quarter, my man. But... I was certainly impressed with how Justin Fields carried the ball. I would definitely start him next week. Again, he's one of those quarterbacks where you're not sure if he's the future of this team, nor are you certain that the that Matt Nagy is the future of this team. They're sitting at 4-9, and nine, not in the playoffs. It's just go out, play good football, and see who you want to draft in the offseason. If I'm the Chicago Bears, I would like to see a solid wideout from the from the draft. Allen Robinson has been that man, but he's been hurt most of the year. He's not really been a factor and they've gone to other people that they can't really trust as much. So I would go grab probably one of those three Ohio State wide receivers. Any one of them I think would fit great in this Northern Illinois Chicago weather with a former Ohio State quarterback for sure. Final. Oh, let's go to that uh, playoff picture real quick. Okay. So Packers and uh, Bucks are 1-2 right now in the NFC based on uh, conference win games. Uh, the Green Bay Packers are 8-2. Tampa Bay Buccaneers are 6-3. Could that change? Let's look at the rest of the season real quick. I say they all. I say they both went out. My only concern for Green Bay would be one next week against, against Baltimore. Lamar Jackson, I think, is scheduled to play. Although with how weak they've been, I don't think Green Bay is going to have a problem with that. They did lose to Minnesota early in the year, but on week 17, that game is at home. So I don't think that'll be a problem either. Cleveland Browns, it'll be interesting. Green Bay definitely has more of a chance of losing than Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay has New Orleans at home, and then you're on the road for Carolina and the Jets, and you're back home for Carolina. They will not be losing any of those games, ladies and gentlemen. The Bucks are going to go 14-3. and it is who's going to step out and try to take down the Green Bay Packers for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to take that one spot. I don't think it'll happen. I see Green Bay taking the one spot, Tampa Bay taking the two spot. Ultimately, these two teams will meet in the NFC Championship for another showdown between the GOAT and the bad man. Finally, let's go to the Monday Night Football game, which was a wild ride between the Los Angeles Rams and the Arizona Cardinals. This came down to quarterback play, ladies and gentlemen. Matthew Stafford, 23 of 30, 287, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Kyler Murray, 32 of 49, 383, and two interceptions. Matthew Stafford, if he can play a clean game, this has kind of been a trend lately. The losses from the Rams have been with poor Matthew Stafford play. Primetime game, you're coming in facing a team that's 10-2 and that already wiped you out earlier this year. The Cardinals have now lost three games, all three of their games at home. So I wonder what their deal is at home. But nevertheless, the Rams coming in, taking advantage of it, giving... 
I mean, Matthew Stafford spread the ball around this game. Van Jefferson, Odell Beckham Jr., Cooper Cup, everyone got a little bit of the piece. Sony Michelle had a decent game as well. So this Rams offense, this is all we expected at the start of the season. Just came against the Arizona Cardinals, who had a decent defense. Cardinals put up a decent fight. A little bit of clock mismanagement at the end, in my opinion. Not spiking the ball, not calling timeouts, not calling field goals when they maybe were supposed to. I'm not sure. It's not my area of expertise. But I do know this. When Kyler Murray throws two interceptions but no touchdowns, you don't really win games as easily. And it showed in this game tonight. Now the Rams, one game behind the Cardinals. They have split it between the two of them in matchups. The Rams are 6-3 and three in conference games. So are the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals, the rest of their season looks as follows. The Detroit Lions, dub. Indianapolis Colts and Dallas Cowboys, 16 and 17. That could be one loss, two loss, two wins. Anything could go down in those two. I would love to see how the Cardinals play next week before I make that decision. For Los Angeles Rams, it's Seattle, Minnesota, Baltimore, San Francisco. Well, there's two, three, four losses, two, three, four wins. I mean, a lot of these are toss-ups. If I were to say right now what would happen, I say both teams win out, which would put the Arizona Cardinals at 14-3, and three, the Rams at 12-5, and five, giving the Cardinals the three seed, the Rams the five seed, and that'll put them both heavily in the playoff picture and probably seeing them down the road as well. I would take the Rams and the Cardinals as it lines up right now, you got Dallas at four. I think the Rams would beat Dallas. Cardinals, I think, would take down the San Francisco 49ers at the three and six spot. Bucks would take down whoever's in the seventh spot. And then the Green Bay Packers would take down the LA Rams. The Bucks would take down the Cardinals. And then you got the Bucks and Packers in another NFC championship. That's how I would see the playoff picture going right now. Anything could happen, though. I've been surprised more times in this NFL season than I feel like I have been for in my entire life. That's what comes with an 18-game season, guys. That's what comes with five rookie quarterbacks. That That's what comes when you have another season of the GOAT in the NFC. It's been crazy. I hope you guys have been enjoying it as much as I have. Stay tuned for week 15 picks on Friday. Right now, though, real quick, I haven't done this in so many weeks, but I will give you my week 15 Thursday night football pick which I have not done in quite some time. It is the Chiefs. It is the Chargers in L.A., both teams eyeing the top of the AFC West picture, coming off of massive wins on Sunday. Give me the hottest team in the NFL, the Kansas City Chiefs, to beat the Chargers 32-25 to on Thursday Night Football. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Have a great week, and peace out.